Welcome back to the Swirl Suite, everybody. This week, we are going to get really wine nerdy on you. So our special guest is Allison Salute, and she has a project called the Cab Front Chronicles. Now, Allison, her love for food and wine started very young, about 15 years old, when she did an immersion trip in France. Her wine career spans 15 years, both in Canada and U.S., in a variety of roles in sales, marketing, public relations, social media, distribution, and management. Now, what's interesting about Allison is she explores one grape on her Instagram page. One grape, that's all, y'all. But she explores and analyzes the terroirs and expressions of this one grape, Cabernet Franc, from all over the world. So sit tight and let's get wine nerdy. Enjoy the episode. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. It's me and Glennis today. Hey, girl, how are you? Hey, girl. Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just trying to stay cool here in the um, I'm telling you. mid-Atlantic. Yeah. Man, did you know that today was Cabernet Day? Cabernet by Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Oh, the Sauvignon. Yeah, it's International, oh, International Cabernet Sauvignon Day. Nice. Yum. One of my favorite varietals. Yeah, so I drink the Cabernet that we just got um, in, yeah, in the mail. Oh, did you? How it's, was it? How was it's, it? It's very good. I have, it's a big one. It's a big cab. So um, I have half a bottle left, but it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, wow. Really I, you know, it was just a little too hot outside. I so yeah. I, I'm finishing up uh, a Kermont de la Mou. Uh, you know, one of my faves. Um, so I'm finishing this up. I'm sad to see that this is the last. <laughs> it's a corner. <laughs> so I just sip it real slow. I know. I took a picture of the bottle. I was like, oh, I got to go find some more of this. It was actually very good. Very, very, very good. But I do have more commodities in the house. But I will have to. You're going to force me to open up the Cabernet Sauvignon since it's Cabernet Sauvignon Day. And, you know, that's yeah. like one of my favorite grapes. So, yeah. I'm going to have to try that. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? What? This past weekend? No, not really. I didn't do anything at all um, because the week before I was in Cleveland. So I'm trying to stay close to home, doing some stuff around the house and getting ready to travel um, the mid part of September up to Jersey for the Howard Morehouse game. This weekend, I went to Bammy's finally. Bammy's has been on my list for a while now. It's a Caribbean spot um, at the Navy Yard. Really? Yeah. So it's right on the water. Um, oh. It's a it's a small restaurant. It's not very big, but they do have outdoor seating. Oh, and nice. um, it, even though it was warm on Sunday, the weather was really breezy because we were so close to the water. But um, I, I had a ball. I, um, it, it seemed very authentic. I've only been, I've only been to Jamaica once, but, um, the girl I was with, she had a lot of experience in Jamaica. She was like, oh, they got all of the original stuff. So it was my first time oh, having, nice. it was my first time having Bammy, which is almost like yucca. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. And it was in a little triangle. And so our waiter showed me how to eat it. So there was, um, there was pepper shrimp. And then there was like a pe sweet pepper sauce. So you put that on the bammy and you eat it together. And then um, then they also had, um, what else did I have? I had conch fritters. Mm. 
Um, there was uh, the jerk was good. The jerk was pretty good. It's pretty mild. It's not spicy. Um, what am I missing? I had something else that was really. Did awesome. you have a red stripe? Or did they? You have- know, I don't drink beer, but they had oh. like they had like cocktails and stuff there, and they had rum punch. Um, oh. There was I had a guava daiquiri that was frozen. It was fantastic. It was nice. really good. Um, nice. I had a ball. I, I'll definitely so I, be back. So I take it Alan wasn't with you because he would have probably had a bridge. No, he was not with me. Oh, and there was cocoa bread. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good. Oh, I had something called a festival. And it's almost like cornbread. cornbread. It was in a strip, but it, it tastes like cornbread. It was so good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was great. And one of the sommeliers, one of the black sommeliers here, Nadine, I forgot her last name. Anyway, she just had a pairing, a pairing with Bami. So it was the Caribbean food and her wine pairing. It was a very big deal. It sold out very quick. And I think it happened like two weeks ago. So, yeah. Oh, that would be interesting to see um, what wine she paired with with their um, food. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it was a good time. So y'all got to check out Bami's. Yeah, I think you would like it, Glennis. Of course. Okay, so yeah. on the list. B-A-M-I-S? I think it's B-A-M-M-Y. Apostrophe oh, S. Bammies, yeah. Oh, okay, Bammies. Yeah. Okay. We'll check it out, because one of my good friends were like, oh, we need to find a Caribbean restaurant to go to. <laughs> and that, that would work out, because that would be halfway between my house and her house. So that, that'll work out. Yeah. Very nice. So we have a special guest today, and this is super awesome because it is Cabernet Day, and Cab Franc is known to be either the mama or the papa of Cabernet Sauvignon. We have Allison of Cab Franc Chronicles. Hi, girl. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Hello. Hey, Allison. I didn't even realize it was Cabernet Day. Is that is that bad that I uh, that I was? <laughs> I mean, boat on that one. <laughs> it's too many wine holidays. No, not at all. Exactly. I mean, there are too many, to be honest. But yeah, don't yeah. feel bad. I missed it too. I'm, I'm looking on here, like, okay, what happened to my notifications? <laughs> well, Cabernet <laughs> Franc Day is December fourth, and that, that day is I've good gotten, to know. like cemented in my brain. Uh-huh. So I know when that day is, and that's all that matters. December, I need to write that down because I don't think that's on my calendar. <laughs> okay, we're hanging up now. We'll call you back on December. 4th. <laughs> 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 so Allison, um, please introduce yourself to everybody. Sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Allison Slute. I'm a wine professional. Uh, I'm based in, well, just north of Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, I've been in the wine business now for 15 years, mostly a good chunk of that here in Canada. Uh, I did live in the U.S. I lived in Miami for six years and worked in, in a couple of different aspects of wine there for a while. And now I'm back in Canada and uh, I work full time for a boutique wine importer here. And then I have a teeny tiny little, <laughs> little project that I do on the side, which is my, uh, my Capron Chronicles um, effort, I guess. <laughs> so that's how we met you. We met you yes. in New York. Was that last year or it was? Yeah, it was last July. The wow. Finger Lakes, uh, Finger Lakes, um, whatever that was. I'm now I'm blanking. Riesling, yeah, Riesling Conference. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We were on that fantastic <laughs> panel with uh, yeah. with shitty wine memes and yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys uh, were Bill so good. And, yeah, it was awesome. So tell us like how you got into wine and then how you found your love for Cab Franc. Oh, um, 
that's a long story. Uh, the the really it came down to when I started my career. My first job in the wine business was uh, I worked as export manager for a Canadian winery here in Ontario in the Niagara Peninsula. I know there isn't too much Canadian wine that makes it south of the border, unfortunately, but uh, I was working for a Canadian winery and. Um, you know, we focused on mainly ice wine because that's what Canada is known for. And um, when I was doing the export gig, I was export manager for this winery for eight years. I was traveling all over the world talking about ice wine and we were exporting to 30 some odd countries globally. And so ice wine was always part of the conversation. But every market that we we exported to, we always sold white and red as well, just, in, you know, for wine dinners and all kinds of other things. And our flagship red was a Cabernet Franc. And I just got very used to talking about Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc is the number one planted red grape in the province of Ontario. And so I was trying different Cabernet Francs from from here. I was talking about it everywhere else. And then I moved to the U.S. and all of a sudden I was in a free market because in Ontario, it's kind of like Pennsylvania a little bit where there's like a liquor control board that controls all the all the stuff. Um. But I moved to the U.S. and then all of a sudden I had access to so much Cabernet Franc that my brain kind of exploded. And that's what just it just was literally like a snowball effect after that. I just kept trying more, buying from all over the place and shipping them to Miami. And then it was just. Yeah. So that was kind of the impetus of it was it was really I just started like it was kind of the grape that I gravitated to because there's just so much fit here locally. And then it just exploded from from there <laughs> yeah cat well i can't speak for um a, a lot of other places but maryland virginia they grow cab franc extremely well i don't yeah. know if you've had our cab francs before i have not uh i wow. had my first oh, yeah. long island cabernet franc just just recently so um hopefully i can explore a little bit more of those i do have some early mountain cabernet franc oh, very here nice. yeah, from virginia, virginia which i'm going to be tasting uh soon hopefully but uh yeah there's it's it's just for that whole eastern seaboard of the us like new jersey pennsylvania long island new york virginia like some it's perfect conditions for cabernet franc It'll be interesting to um, read your thoughts on the Cab Francs um, from this area. Um, for me, I don't. I hate to be the Debbie Downer or the Glennis Downer, but the Cab Francs initially years ago that I used to taste here were horrific. Um, they were very green. I mean, it, it was just oh. So when I heard you on the panel talking about Cab Franc. I had a newfound love for Cab Franc because I had some great Cab Francs in um, New York before mm -hmm. um, when we were up there for the um, Wine Bloggers Conference and we were in the Finger Lakes as well. And um, I was like, this is Cab Franc because I hadn't had it made so well. I've had it in like a Bordeaux, um, big bold, you know, French style um, blended great, but mm -hmm. not a standalone. So it would be, I, I can't wait to read and hear about. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult grape to grow. A, a lot of people kind of don't 
kind of don't understand. It's kind of finicky. People call okay. say Pinot is finicky. Cabernet Franc is also very finicky. It is very uh, sight sensitive as well. And if you don't get the if you don't get the balance right, like that's when you can get all that green weedy garbage that that you just don't want in your Cabernet Franc. So it ta- it takes a lot of skill to to grow it well and then make it into the right style of wine. So it's, it's not like pu- plug and play like Merlot. Merlot is a little bit more forgiving. Cabernet Franc is a little bit finicky. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is how I want to be treated. It's just like a grand dump. Exactly. I want to be exactly. treated like this. You will dress me like this or I will tell on you. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know this, but what are what exactly does a Cabernet grape need um, that's different from other grapes? Well, Cabernet Franc as a as a grape variety, it one thing that it's really particular about is vine balance, and we always say that about all vines. But um, the the whole vine balance between the canopy as well as the fruit is the really critical piece of the puzzle. Sunshine is another big thing. Um, when we talk about those green notes, those methoxypyrazines, that's the big technical term for them. Um, the big thing that contributes to minimizing those pyrazines is sunshine. Everybody thinks that, oh, you need heat to get rid of those green notes, but actually sunshine is a little bit more critical right in the last stage of ripening. So sunshine is a big thing. And also the other thing with Cabernet Franc is that, uh, Cabernet Franc needs water. Like it's not, it doesn't like drought. It doesn't like to be drought stressed. So it likes generally deeper soils and access to moisture regularly throughout the growing season. Whereas Cabernet Sauvignon, as as an example, Cabernet Sauvignon prefers drier conditions, which is why uh, in Bordeaux on the left bank, it likes those gravelly soils because they're more shallow, they're warmer soils, whereas Cabernet Franc tends to prefer for soils that have a bit more water content in them and more coolness, I guess, if you will. I read that Cab Franc, like the actual plant, it produces really big leaves. Is that true? It's very, uh, yeah, very vigorous. So yeah, like it, it, it can definitely on more fertile soils, it can get out of control, which is why, again, mm-hmm. site selection is is really critical because if you've got really fertile soils, then that will make the vine all out of balance. And then you're you're going to end up with a weedy, weedy green Cabernet Franc. <laughs> nobody wants that. <laughs> so what do you find special about Cab Franc versus all the other wines that you've tried? You know, it's um, th- there's a lot of elements to it, but uh, it's kind of a Cinderella grape in in my opinion. And and Leah Leah Jorgensen, who's a wonderful winemaker out in Oregon, she just did a dinner recently, actually in D.C. that I flew in for, and uh, she calls it the Cinderella grape. So it's kind of the grape that everybody forgets about, but it's also the grape that is so important, like all over the world. Um, but for me, it's it's what got me excited to start this this project was to talk about Cabernet Franc as a single varietal wine because we see it often in blends but it can stand alone like it it's the star red grape in the Loire Valley and it makes amazing single varietal reds there and I think the grape has finesse it has elegance it has all these great savory herbal undertones so it's interesting at the same time it's got great acidity. It's not as tannic as Cabernet Sauvignon. It can kind of be on the riper side and you can kind of incorporate it with a little bit of wood, but it also works unoaked as well. And then, of course, it's super versatile because you can make 
rosé out of it. You can do sparkling. You can do ice wine in Ontario. So it was really the combination of like, I love the flavor profile and the, the complexity that the grape has, but also finesse, but also the versatility of the grape variety as well. I found this article that lists um, all of the regions that uh, Cab Franc grows in. Now I just lost it. Hold on one second. <laughs> it was just a, a simple wine folly um, article, but they listed but that's all the of thing, them. Right? Ba- basically, thanks to Bordeaux, any wine region that is especially in the new world, you know, that's yeah. growing Bordeaux varieties, Cabernet Franc is going to be planted there alongside Cabernet yeah. Sauvignon Merlot and, yeah. and even anywhere else in, in Europe where they're you know, Bulgari and Tuscany and other parts yeah. of anywhere there, where there's international varieties planted, usually Cabernet Franc is, is there, which is. Yeah. And cool. Canada is on here. I've never had a Canadian wine. Well, we're going to have to fix that next time. I, I know. Come to DC, oh, I'm going to, yeah. we're going to fix this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, wow. So I didn't know you. you I, you no, I never with have. Us to, um, and we to know, we, we know some, some wine folks from Canada, but exactly. I've never had their wine. Yeah. The wine is delicious. Oh my God. Yeah. Creek is my favorite. Oh yeah. Nice. Sandra Oldfield. Yeah. She's That's fabulous. It. She's, oh, she's yeah. like, she was, well, I, I don't know what she's doing now, but she was the Cabernet Franc queen of British Columbia for the longest exactly. time. Exactly. exactly. She's a star. She's awesome. I've had, I've had her Cab Franc and um, most of her wines and they're delicious. Oh, that's super. I'm so glad that you've had her wines. That's amazing. Sandra's, excuse me, Sandra's fantastic. Um, One of my friends, he just posted um, a question. um, Where do you prefer your Cab Francs from? And he said, France or Italy. And then I realized, oh, wow, I haven't even had a Cab Franc from Italy before. All of my Cab Francs have been local. I mean, I worked at a Maryland winery for years and we met Cab Franc, but, um, and I've had New York, of course. And France and blends and, you know, different versions. But I don't think I've had many Cab Francs. They're, they're honestly hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially single, single, single varietal ones yeah. are hard to find. It is. It is hard to find them. Um, but Italy is so worth look like if you can mm-hmm. kind of seek them out because there's some great Cabernet Francs coming out of Friuli from the Northeast, like Friuli and Veneto, sure. obviously Tuscany, we know, and there's like tons of interesting appellations in Tuscany. Um, the other one that I was reading about today, I'm working on a video for um, is Hungary as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important grape variety in Hungary, which a lot of people don't, don't realize. But again, these are actually, there's um. I'll have to send you the link. There's a fantastic uh, website. And I think the, I think the company is actually based out of somewhere on the Eastern seaboard there um, called taste Hungary. And they actually have a whole online shop with different Hungarian wines. And they have a mm-hmm. few examples of uh, Cabernet Franc from Hungary on their website right now, which is super cool. Oh, very nice. And very that makes nice. sense. Um, <clears throat> Cause you, when you said that it likes a lot of, sun and not necessarily a lot of heat so growing in areas like Hungary and the northern part of Italy makes a lot of sense yeah totally but the interesting thing though is is that Cabernet Franc seems to and this is kind of a you know it's a bit of a, a nerdy factoid but we're seeing with climate change that Cabernet Franc seems to be adapting much better to warming temperatures than say Merlot. And actually I was uh, communicating with a region in in Italy the other day, and they've actually, uh, in 
in parts of Tuscany, Cabernet Franc plantings have actually increased over the mm. last few years and Merlot plantings have gone down because Merlot isn't handling the heat in the same way that that Cabernet Franc is, which is kind of interesting. Well, interesting. So. Oh, I'll pour Merlot. I mean, I we just can't win with Merlot. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Somebody got to figure Merlot out, please. Just, I mean, it wow. is a Bordeaux grape. It's important for blending. Just, it's just man, getting the shaft. It just that. keeps getting the short end of the, <laughs> the stick here. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Um, speaking of blending, um, why do you think that Cab Franc is such a great blending grape? That's a great question. I think it, it, especially in a Bordeaux blend, but even in other blends, I think it, number one, it has great acid. So it has really high acidity and yet the tannins are not, are not super aggressive. So in a Bordeaux blend, you have, you know, the muscle and, and the alcohol that is Cabernet Sauvignon and the tannin. And then you have Merlot, which gives you the flesh. And then Cabernet Franc gives you this little little bit of je ne sais quoi in, in the Bordeaux blend, you know, it gives you florals, it gives you like other layers, it gives you acid, it gives you like a backbone. Um, and that's what I think is interesting about Cabernet Franc in blends. Another blend that Cabernet Franc does well with, or another grape, I should say that Cabernet Franc does well with is Blaufrankish. Uh, and we're seeing mm. that a bit in the Finger Lakes where they're using Lemberger or Blaufrankish and they'll, they'll blend it a little bit with Cabernet Franc and, um, Blaufrankish can kind of do the same thing as Cabernet Sauvignon, where it's a bit more tannic and structured, and then and then kind of Cabernet Franc can soften some of those those hard edges a little bit. That's interesting because um, I read an article uh, on the Jancis Robinson website, and she said that you know Cab Franc is more of the mama bear of um, Cabernet Sauvignon because you know Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, Sauvignon Blanc you know, together make mm-hmm. um, Cabernet Sauvignon. But um, I'm, I'm sorry, did I say it right? Wait, Cab, Cab Franc Blanc. and Sauvignon Blanc make Cabernet Sauvignon. But she says there's something, there's a light elegance and there's a sensuality mm-hmm. that, that Cab Franc brings to blends. Oh yeah. No, and sensuality is a fabulous word for it because when it's, when somebody gets the grape and understands how to coax out all that nuance, it's a very sexy grape, in my opinion. I know I'm very biased, but it, it does. It has it has perfume. It has all it has florals. It has all this kind of like uh, you know these herbal kind of intriguing smells of like cedar and and herbs and things like this that that you don't often get in wine. And then a lot of grapes for me are kind of one dimensional. Like they've you know they're just a little boring. Whereas Cabernet Franc mm-hmm. always seems to deliver something like. Absolutely exciting in my head, at least. Leslie, you made it. Hey, girl. Hey, Leslie. Hello. 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 It's good to see you again, Allison. Yeah, lovely to see you too. So, Leslie, I have a question for you. We were just sitting here talking about Cab Franc. Um, Mm -hmm. What can you tell Allison about the Cab Francs in Maryland? Because she's never had one. Oh, Allison. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um. I think they are delightful. I think they have an elegant, peppery mm-hmm. flavor to them. Nice. That I I enjoy more than the cab sob that's grown here. It's um you can I mean you can grow a good cab 
song here, but not, I think the Cap Franc does so much better. And it's, um, it has always been like this blending grape that mm -hmm. um, winemakers have used here and they started using it as a single varietal and it's just shined so yeah. brightly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. So is it, I would think, is Maryland then a little bit cooler than Virginia from a climactic standpoint or because the, the two, forgive my ignorance. Um, I don't know the Maryland growing region very well, unfortunately. Well, the thing about Maryland is that there's so many different microclimates oh, okay. in Maryland that it depends on where you are. Like um, the middle, the middle part of Maryland, the, um, the, well, like Midwestern part of Maryland, that's the prime growing area okay. for Cap Franc near the Catoctin and Ligonor AVA. Cool. That's where yeah, I should say, actually, I did have one, um, Marilyn. I, I forgot that I did have one. It was from the folks, the, what, what is it called? West, Westminster? West, oh, oh, Westminster. Westminster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, them. They did a, when I was in Miami, there was one, one moment where I was at a pizza joint and they had a franc fizz from mm -hmm. Old Westminster. And it was super tasty. And I love, yeah. I, I think Cabernet Franc makes a really cool red sparkling and so it was super interesting to to try that for sure so i have this um i don't know if you can see it i'm always bad with this is that thanksgiving this is, farms this is thanksgiving farms yeah and they're in harwood maryland so that's like the southern almost mm -hmm. the top of the southern part of the state and um it's a meritage okay. and it has 47% Merlot, Petit Verdot, 27%, and 26% Cab Franc. Very nice. And it was recently, it received 87 points from um, Robert Parker. That ain't so, too bad. Yeah. So in the, in the, you can taste the Cab Franc in it. Like it's a good percentage. Like it gives it a, a lot of structure mm -hmm. to um, something that's, kind of mellow yeah know. yeah I could totally see how it would complement and contrast the the Merlot and the Petit Verdot mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah it would provide a nice backbone because the other two grapes are a bit more fleshy and kind of bold and it would probably kind of reel those two grapes in yeah. a little bit I think Very nice. nice I'm actually drinking a blend because I couldn't find a single varietal uh, Cab Franc um, but it's from Saint Emilion Oh, nice. uh, it's oh. your basic. Yeah, and I got this from Trader Joe's, actually. It's very nice. It's 63% uh, Merlot, 28% Cab Franc, 7% um, Cabernet, and 2% Malbec. Nice. So it's nice. Um, oh, so let's talk about Cab Franc's like foods and pairings. Um, I read a lot. A lot of people have a hard time pairing Cab Franc because of its high acidity. <laughs> but to me, that makes a great wine oh to pair gosh. with food so I don't understand but what are your some some of your favorite pairings with Cab Franc well, I drink a lot of Cabernet Franc <laughs> like <laughs> a lot and that's uh, that's another reason why I think the grape is so fantastic is because of its acid because of its savory profiles like and not too intense tannins like there's tannin there but there, it's not too powerful it can go with just about anything like to me it's like the perfect and really if you if you look to to france and, and paris the 
if, if you're in Paris, the vast majority of bistros in Paris, if you ask for their house wine, I guarantee you it'll probably be a Cabernet Franc from the Loire Valley because it's just it will go with the roast chicken. It will go with the vegetable dishes. It'll go with, uh, you know, if you're having a steak, it'll go with pastas with tomato sauce because, again, good acid. Um goes well with shoot even even a lighter bodied cabernet franc you put a little chill on it it would work so well with like a seared tuna or like a you know a more robust fish uh-huh. so in my opinion i think it's a fantastic um you know it goes oh mushrooms mushrooms another thing it goes fabulous with mushroom <laughs> dishes <laughs> it's like no, there's so many times where I literally like I'll make something for myself and unless it's like something obviously, you know, seafood focused where I should be having white. Most of the time it's like, yeah, there's a Cabernet Franc for that. I've got something on my shelf that that'll totally work with that dish. That's do you have a, a favorite region? I don't know. Siri has already asked you. Uh, no, I, no, I, no yeah. well, do I have a favorite region? Um, I think this the when I launched the the Cabernet Chronicles thing, uh, I dove really deep into the, the Loire, and and that's kind of where my heart is for the most part. And uh, I was in the Loire back in May, and that just kind of that just cemented it even more. So, and I think there's a lot to discover there. We kind of, I think we kind of generalize that Cabernet Franc from the Loire is one thing, but there's a lot of different um, sides to that that coin. And I think there's a lot of room for discovery and the wines are fantastic value. Like I remember living in Miami and you could buy like a great Cabernet Franc at, you know, on the Whole Foods or like a good wine shop and be like 12, 15 bucks. Like it wasn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. So I think it's the Loire, of course, is a, is a region that I'm quite partial to. Um, and obviously I get access to a lot of local Cabernet Francs in Ontario. So that's probably my second favorite region. Um, but there, there is just so much cool stuff happening out there. South Africa is another fabulous region. I hope I can get there at some point, but there's some really cool, cool things happening with Cabernet Franc in South Africa. So there's, they're all my babies in a way. So it's hard for me to choose. I'm surprised you're not growing Cab Franc and just making your own. Exactly. That might come <laughs> down the line. We'll see. Okay. Baby steps, baby steps. I met with one of the winemakers who's a mentor for me um, just last week, and I kind of nudged him. I said, uh, you know, at some point I'm going to need like a tongue of fruit and we're going to have to do like a little experiment. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. No problem. <laughs> It'll happen eventually. I love that. Um, so really quick before we uh, play our fun game. Can you tell everybody what the Cab Franc Chronicles are? Like what exactly you do? Uh, it, uh, well, I had been thinking about this for quite a long time. It's basically right now I have my Instagram, um, but the, it's a much bigger project than that. I'm working on a book and there's like a whole a website and there's like a whole host of things. But for now, it's my Instagram and I post... Uh, weekly tasting videos that are rather nerdy. I will, I will admit they are, they're kind of deep dives into different regions and different wines. But um, I try to tell people as well that there's the sort of videos that I structure them very similarly every time. So it's easy to, to kind of skip through parts if you're not interested in this. And, you know, if you just want to hear the tasting notes, you skip to the end of the video and you'll hear me do my tasting ramble. But for the time being, the research that I do on the variety, I showcase through these tasting videos. 
and then other posts as well. Um, and then I have a weekly quiz, a wine quiz that I do on uh, on Cabernet Franc, on all things Cabernet Franc, on Instagram. So that's basically what it what the the project is at the moment, at least. And I launched it uh, in I guess it was December two thousand and two thousand and twenty. I officially kind of launched it. Um, the pandemic kind of pushed me finally to to you know. It's either now or never. I was uh, I was doing a quarantine here in Ontario, and I was like, okay, let's do this. And video just seemed to happen. I don't I don't know why it happened, but video happened instead of writing. So I do videos. <laughs> and how long are they? They well, they've gotten progressively longer over the course of this effort. They started off like three minutes, and now I'm probably averaging more like thirteen minutes. Um, but they're not, they're not very long in the grand scheme of things, you know, 15, 13 minutes is <laughs> drop in the bucket. Um, especially considering I, I ram a lot of really nerdy information in 13 or 10 or 15 minutes. So, um, but generally speaking, I, I don't think I've gone over 15 minutes yet. So I love it. Um, any more questions for Allison before we play our closeout game? All right, great. Here we go. So we have a fun back to school game. Um, most of the kids in, in our area are back to school this week. So I thought this would be fun. And um, there are just a bunch of random questions about you as a kid. Love it. Here we go. Uh-oh. What did you <laughs> <laughs> What did you eat for breakfast as a kid? Frosted flakes. Ah, that's a good one. I love frosted flakes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh <laughs> I, I was a cereal person too. Um, probably Honey Nut Cheerios was probably my go-to. Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember. Um, I know my dad cooked breakfast for my brother and I every morning. Oh my goodness. Girl. Along with the golf cart. Here Man. we go. Lucky lady. Here we go. He, he, we, we, I don't know if we know you for real. <laughs> he, my dad used to. My dad used to cook breakfast for us every morning until I started going to, because my, you know, my mom is a retired teacher until I started going to school with her in fourth grade. And no, I think he still like, he still got up and, and he fixed breakfast for us. So it was either, it was always something hot. He always fixed us something hot. Wow. Like we could have had like biscuits or biscuits. Um, oatmeal or he they he he liked to get cream of wheat and I was like oh, I don't like that um but yeah he always fixed us my brother and I breakfast in the morning well here's to dad okay wow cheers cheers to dad <laughs> um me I was an ego waffle girl nice yeah yeah, Eggo waffles that, yeah, I could have that by itself. As I got older and I didn't want to like, I woke up late and didn't have much time. Just like one of those um, yo plate yogurts mm-hmm. and granola bar, that kind of thing. When I got, when I, I remember when I hit sort of my, you know, preteen, teen years, Pillsbury toaster strudel. Was Absolutely. Like a special treat. Oh, yeah. For breakfast. That <laughs> is funny. You know, I, I was, while y'all was sitting here talking, I'm sitting here laughing because, you know, Monday through Friday when you went to school, it was Frosted Flakes because I had to get up because I tried to stay asleep as long as I could. My mom was like, oh, that's what you're going to get. Just get the Frosted Flakes. Yeah. But on the weekend when I was a little girl, 
I used to pull up my little stool to the stove and make toast and Sanka coffee because I love the combination. Huh. That Sanka, is Sanka. funny. Yeah. That's so oh, funny. The Sanka was so good. I remember the little <laughs> ugly cups my mother had. There were these little brown cups. And I would sit there by myself. Yes. Cause she would be asleep. Cause it'd be the weekend. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have my toast. I'm gonna burn down the damn house. She would have <laughs> that was the weekend. Love it. That's so cute, and I could see you doing that. That's I definitely could too. <laughs> okay, what was your favorite subject in school? And you can pick any point of your schooling. Mine was science all the way through. That's a tough. That's a tough one. Probably a combination of either. It was probably French. And because I was decent at it, and then geography. I love geography. I love maps. So <laughs> those were sort of probably the two. Okay. Nice. Like, you were born to be in wine, then. I exactly. Think so. yes. yes, that was a prerequisite. I would say history. I love history. Mm. Um, for me, I was always good at. Um, when I got to high school, I started to take humanities. So, mm-hmm. so that was that was like my sweet spot. Um, I liked reading books and like writing about my interpretation of the book and articles and that, that kind of thing. So that was, yeah, that was my subject. Now, okay. So this is, this, this is clearly the age divide question. (laughs) When you were in school, did you take typing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Oh, no, Allison. No. No. Mm -mm. Yep, I, I sure did. Trouble. I got in trouble <laughs> in my typing class. That was uh, I was, <laughs> whoo, I made that teacher so damn mad. She could, she could. What did you do? Because the type I was in the Catholic school for high school from ninth and tenth grade, and that typing class was freezing. So I was typing with my gloves on, and she was uh-huh. like, "You gonna take them gloves?" I said, "No, I'm not. Turn on the heat." Yeah, I was just like, you're going to take the floor. I was like, it is cold in here. And I'm still getting this. I was typing with my gloves on. She was who we went. It was a battle of wills. And I kept my gloves on. I had to go to the principal's office. And then they called my mother. I called her first. I said, oh, the uh, gloves. That's so petty. Yep, yeah, was, that is definitely a control petty yeah. issue. It was mm-hmm. because I didn't do what she said do. I was like, yes. but I'm cold. And my fingers was freezing. And yeah, you're still getting my- the work done. So what does it matter? Exactly. I called my mother first. I was like, Mom, give me a call. You tell you that I got kicked out of class. I had on gloves and type class. It's two degrees in nearby. <laughs> like, did you call her from the payphone? Yep. First, <laughs> on my way to the principal's office. Oh, my gosh. That's my amazing. mother always said, let me find out from you before yes. I find out mm-hmm. from you. Oh, my so, gosh. That would be. Oh, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. If you were to eat a cafeteria lunch today, what would it be? School cafeteria or mm-hmm. yep. cafeteria? Nope, school cafeteria lunch. Pizza all day. Pizza. pizza. Uh, our pizza sucked. No. Our see, well, okay, so I'm gonna show my age here. Our pizza had like a like a, a cover, like a plastic cover over it, and you had to peel it. So it was not good pizza. It was like school lunch pizza. There's a taste and there's a feel of the crust and it's not good. (laughs) So no pizza for me. (laughs) All of it was horrible. 
It was pretty bad. It was, yeah. And you know, okay, so at my steak, the hamburgers, and the pizza. Yeah. I'm surprised we're alive. (laughs) I I know. You know, my high school, it does now. So let me just clarify this. It does now have cafeteria lunch. But when I was in high school, we did not, we had a cafeteria. We had a kitchen. We did not have anybody who would prepare lunch. I don't understand what you went to Seton, right? I went to, and when I was in high school, we did not have cafeteria staff. We, you brought your lunch Mm. and you can warm your lunch up in the microwave. So that was a privilege that y'all, like they assumed like all of y'all had y'all lunch and you had, or you had like food to bring. You have food to bring. Yes. Or you could get food out of the vending, the Mackey vending machine. And they had a Mackey representative there. Oh my goodness. Who would, because the machines would jam, um, or they would take your money. And her name was Mrs. Brown. And he was, she was married to the custodian. <laughs> they lived above the school. I swear, I can't make this up. And you would say, Mrs. Brown. And that's how you, so then every once in a while, we would have like, a, a special occasion or something like a fundraiser what have you where they would bring pizza in or or like bring something like that but when I was there we did not have hot cafeteria lunches now they do at Seton wow. but they did not when I was there that's crazy wow Isn't that crazy that's yeah. wild mm-hmm. I, didn't um, go, I didn't have I didn't eat lunch in high school I was like skip that period let me get out early uh, I ate lunch from first from kindergarten to eighth grade, and all I can remember is that nasty ass chocolate milk <laughs> with all with all that rest of that mess. See, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Obama was in first lady when oh, when she like no. redid the oh, school lunches. She's only four years older than me. I know. <laughs> see, see, we need a Michelle then. We need a Michelle to. Oh my gosh! Oh have my a gosh. healthy lunches. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, remember them hot dogs used to be great. I was like, I'm not eating that. Okay. Next nah. question. No, oh, I uh no, no, for me, um <laughs> in, in in high school, so my high school was um way uptown. We were very close to everything. So we used to get Chinese food delivered. Oh, we used to get pizzas. Uh, we used to order pizzas. I mean, you, you know, so we could we could order food out. Really? But um, for our high school, uh, I think we were like like a fundraiser. We had a deal with Domino's. So Domino's would come to our school and sell pizza um, every day. So, wow. um, so I ate a lot of Domino's pizza at the time. But other than that, it was fries. I would have fries and a Pepsi. Wow. So, we would have poutine yeah. sometimes, which of there course is. makes Ooh, a really? lot of sense. I think it was standard. Like every Canadian cafeteria, high school cafeteria, probably serves poutine. It's just, Mm, just the name of the game. I love it. Mm -hmm. How did you get to school? Did you walk, school bus, public transportation, or were you dropped off? I I rode on a school bus, and it was like, oh, and my mother was a school bus driver. (laughs) Okay, well, that was high school. My mom, my mom drove in high school. Wait, y'all had. School I was living out in the school? country, so okay, got it. that okay. was that was the only option. But yes, both 
both elementary school and high school, I had to take a bus in my high school. My mother was my bus driver. So I was on from the beginning. Like it was the longest. Did she make you sit up front right behind her? (laughs) No, I did not sit behind her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got to have a podcast just about how you talk to your little friends, male friends. On the school bus to oh, man. School. I can't imagine being on a school bus with my mom in high school. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's an after dark. Um, oh man, you couldn't cut up at all. No. See, what did I do? So for, uh first grade through eighth grade walked because it was really close. I lived really close to um PS26. Um then ninth through twelfth, my aunt worked near my high school, so I would ride with her. She would drop me off at the Dunkin' Donuts because it was so early because it was out of my school district. But the superintendent lived across the street, so he allowed me to go there instead of East Side. <laughs> <laughs> I had special privileges, so she dropped me off at Dunkin' Donuts, and I would walk from the Dunkin' Donuts, which was like three blocks. So. I don't know how the hell I got home. <laughs> I, I did everything. Part of elementary school, I walked to because the school was in my parents' neighborhood. Then I rode with my mom because I went to school with her. And then um, I rode the bus. And in the high school, they had the DeMatha Seaton bus. So I got to ride with the boys. And um, and then like my my junior, senior year, I drove to school. Oh, that's right. That's how I drove with junior, senior year. Yeah. Uh, uh, city girl, transport, uh, public transportation the entire way through. Um, I, at a certain point, I think I was maybe nine or 10 is when I started to catch the bus and the train by myself. You know, I had to say, I'm always, I'm just all, but when them babies get on the, when I used to take the subway to work and them little babies would get on the subway. That's all we know. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, I'm like, and you, you know, it's so funny too, because like you said, that's all, you know, what have you. Um, and looking back, seeing, really young kids by themselves navigating the subway is just like I'm like oh and you got these adults (laughs) and you got these adults crying like oh I can't take the subway I'm so scared Mm -hmm. get over it get somebody watch you get on a damn subway is this This a New York subway this is a difference exactly (laughs) Is is it still free to uh DC PS school kids uh i don't know i'm not sure okay no clue all right final question uh what is this question oh um like (laughs) where could people find you after school like did you play a sport were you in a club did you have a part-time job or did you just like hang out with your friends i was a nerd um and i and i played piano so i had piano lessons usually at least at least once a week. And then I have to practice. I was not a sports person. I am, I was not an athletic human as a young child. Um, I was the person that would get hit in the face with the balls, like, you know, like volleyball or any of that stuff. So arts was my thing. Piano, that was it. (laughs) 
Otherwise, I was doing homework. <laughs> yeah, wait, um, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the question again, what do we do after school? So now my mother, my mother is also, uh, was also an elementary school teacher. So our schedules were exactly alike from first grade through eighth grade. So I would walk home and I would literally be home 20 minutes before she got there. And then she would, so I was like, she kid. So it was just hanging out after, you know, get my home. I had to do the homework first, which I tried to do while I was in school. I did most of my homework in school. So by the time I got home, I could just go out and play. So it was like, okay, what are we doing on the street? So we were playing kickball. That was my game. So most of the time I was playing kickball. Um, after school in high school was, I had part-time job. So I'm going to pick me up and take me to the part-time job. So Mm, yeah, I didn't do anything in high school but study and get ready. Come to Howard. Shameless plug. <laughs> I I think I know I was in clubs. I was in a lot of clubs in high school. And then I didn't I didn't do anything athletic um, because I would go to the boys' school and watch them practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did cheerleading <laughs> in the Packers. Yeah, yeah. And I think I only worked on the weekends, but that was that was my after school activities. Okay. Oh, for me, um, yeah, like elementary school and like junior high school, I was always involved in something. If I wasn't like a flag girl, I was in a marching band, that kind of thing. And then high school, um, so I was in the middle. I wasn't, I was an athlete, but I was not a great one. So, um, I rode the bench in basketball for a year. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is well, uh, well, no, I didn't. I got cut. I got cut the next year. <laughs> there was a lot of younger girls that could really play came along and he was like, yeah, I, yeah, this is not going to work out. I cool. So that's when I started working, um, part-time. But I worked, uh, my high school job was aerosol shoes. Mm. Oh. So I worked at Union Station for, mm. yeah, for most of high school at aerosols. That was my part-time job. Oh, I had a lot of part-time jobs. <laughs> one each year. Oh, I can tell you some stories about that. One, when I worked in a clinic, that's an after dark um, <laughs> oh okay oh i can oh, imagine that kind of clinic Ooh, got it when i got okay. back to school i was looking at some of them folk that i had because mm, i had the filing job i was like oh, oh, oh. oh, oh no oh man no. that was before hipaa ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and i worked at roy rogers and i worked in the two department stores so that was the four years yeah oh interesting mm. that's awesome <laughs> that first one i was like oh, 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 oh. don't mess with her don't mess with her <laughs> <laughs> they were like, the I was like trust me yeah thank me later <laughs> oh my god i had a brief stint as a deli girl at my local grocery store which was oh, oh nice Yum. I and knew it. all about the lunch meats. Like <laughs> that was my thing. <laughs> Did you hate it when people came up with this like long order or they were like, 
oh, can I taste this? Can I taste that? And then they don't even. Or, or, no, the worst was always like the thickness of the how oh. to slice it, where you would be like, they want the black forest ham and you do the slice and they're like, could it be a little thinner than that? And it's like, and then you do the, then you'd show them and they're like, no, no, just a little thicker actually than, than that, than that. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it was always the thickness of the slices that drove me back. Just- <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, man. That was a nightmare. Oh, man. This was so fun. Allison, thank you for joining us on the Swap oh, Speed Thank today. you for the opportunity. This was fabulous. It was so nice to see you ladies again. Yes, it was a pleasure. Always oh, that was awesome. Crab Franc. Yeah. Drink more Cab Franc. That's that's exactly. the <laughs> So before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Cab Franc Chronicles. All one word, no punctuation. Pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> Got it. Got um, it. Any announcements, ladies, before we log off? Leslie? Yes, I do. Okay. I just wanted to say next Wednesday, is that Wednesday? The 7th is when we have our preview of the uh, Shades of Vino Wine Club. So we, we have some really uh, good ones there. So it's a virtual, it's free. Just go to our website and sign up and you get to see the wines that we're previewing and we have games and some really good prizes. Is this virtual or in person? This one is um, virtual. Oh, okay. Shades of Vino virtual. And it's the 7th at what time? 7 p.m. 7 at 7. 7 at 7. Oh, I like that. I like that. I love it. Well, that's a wrap. Cheers, everybody. thanks for joining the swirl speed we hope you enjoyed this episode don't forget to hit that subscribe button leave us five stars and leave us a comment we love ratings also be sure to follow all of us on social media myself at buy me up glenn is at vino noir girl meets glass is tanisha vino 301 is leslie and you can follow the swirl speed podcast account at swirl suite The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.